1: You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students.
0: Just a quick heads up for our listeners. This episode was recorded before Drew Barrymore made the very good but slightly belated choice to not start recording new episodes of her talk show until the strike ends. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in Ojai, right outside of LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing
1: partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Kraft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is like in Los Angeles. Today, we're going to talk about why we need to pause
0: writing our novel and reconnect with the characters before we continue. Then, we'll answer a mailroom question about how to end a pitch meeting. Plus, we've got a strike hit and a strike bomb. This week's Hollywood hack will make your kitchen more organized. Plus, Liz has a podcast recommendation.
1: Yes, but first, Sarah, we want to remind everybody that we are holding a happier in Hollywood retreat in October. It's October 20th through 22nd. We're very excited because it's at the Johnny Cash Ranch in Ohio, which has been totally redone and is gorgeous, but still has that Johnny Cash feel to it. He lived there many years. You can get all the information about the retreat if you email us at happierinhollywood@gmail.com. at gmail.com. It's also posted in our Facebook group. We've had a lot of people ask, is this for me? And the answer is probably yes. We're keeping it small enough that we can really tailor the retreat for each person's individual needs. We're meeting with everybody individually on Zoom before the retreat, so we know really what you're interested in. You can read more about that in the material. And a lot of what we talk about applies not just to TV writing, but to other things. So I think you can get something out of
0: it. Yeah, and TV writing at different levels. Yes. I think it's useful for people, whether you're an assistant or up to a mid-level writer, it will be very applicable to what you're going through.
1: Yes, absolutely. So again, email us at happierinhollywood at gmail.com for more information. Those slots are filling up, so don't wait. Okay, Liz, it's time
0: for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. This week,
1: it's pause and reconnect. Yes. So, Sarah, we're about halfway through a draft of our novel. We've been talking on the podcast about how during the strike we are writing a novel— And we sort of reached a point, we were on the phone, and you brought up, I think it's time to pause and reconnect. And that's not reconnecting with each other. It's reconnecting with our (laughs) characters, which I guess it's necessary for us to reconnect with each other in order to reconnect with our characters. Yes, because we've now been
0: writing for a couple of months. I don't know exactly, but we haven't talked details about these characters really since we started writing. We've been honing in on scenes and plot and that kind of thing. But I think we were both feeling just disconnected from who these women are. And one option would be to stop and pause, connect, and then rewrite the first half of the book. But we've decided, no, we are not doing that. We are committed to moving forward. (laughs) Keeping up the momentum. Yes. So instead, we're going to pause really hone in on the things that we feel like we're loose on and then move into the second half of the book.
1: Yeah, so one thing, for example, is in television, we really don't think about how someone looks in the writing because obviously we cast somebody. So we don't need to describe their looks in a TV script. Here, you really do want to get a sense of what someone looks like. So we need to hone in on the physical characteristics of each character. Also, personality quirks. Because quirks affect how someone speaks and their point of view. Just an easy example is we have a character named Nicole, and she's the one of the group that swears a lot. So we both know that. So then when you're writing Nicole, she swears, and it sort of gives her a specific voice, part of her specific voice. It's about more than just swearing. But that's just an example of how once you land on these things, characters get fuller and fuller shape.
0: Yes. So we want to make sure we do that now. Now... For the second half of the book, because it's all about layers. I mean, I, yes. we we think about this in television writing too. The first draft never, never contains everything that the final draft is going to contain. You know, it's, it's adding those layers and complexities and specifics are what you do as you're going through the rewriting process. And I'm excited about this because it means We won't have, I mean, we'll have a ton of rewriting to do. There's always a ton of rewriting to do. But in the second half of the book, we will have the benefit of this pause and reconnect moment.
1: Yeah, and we're changing things as we go. A few weeks ago, Sarah, we talked about how we decided to change from the past tense to the present tense. Again, we have not gone back and changed Mm -hmm. everything we wrote. We will. But as we sort of make these changes as we go we're honing in more and more on what the book is. So now everything is in the present tense. As we move forward, we'll have more of these character details. And it'll just, hopefully as we continue, we'll keep adding things. And then when we go back and change, it'll be easier because we'll know what we're doing. Yes, But our thinking is whole scenes could change, whole chunks could change. So we don't want to spend a lot of time rewriting until we've gotten through to the end at least once. Yeah, and we can evaluate
0: the thing as a whole. And this is not just a writer thing. There are so many professions where there's a huge project that has to be accomplished. And I think it's easy to feel the pressure of deadlines and all of this swaying on you to get done by a certain time. And it's easy not to take that moment to stop and reconnect, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely beneficial. So if you're in a profession where stopping and reconnecting would be a good thing to do or is a good thing to do and you've done it, please email us and let us know at
1: happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Yes, we want to hear. And I'm sure we'll do this several times more as we go. And Sarah, I will say this is also an advantage of us deciding that we're going to write the book and then try to sell it because- we only have to answer to each other. So yes. <laughs> we can do this.
0: Yes. And we're good at being critical of our work and the other's work. Like, we're we're used yes. to that. We do it all the time.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Ooh. So, anyway, interested to hear about this from listeners. Coming up, we've got a mailroom question about how to make a graceful exit. But first, this break.
0: the cost of maintaining multiple systems and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual
1: tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. Okay, Sarah, we're back with a question from the mailroom. This comes from Stephanie. She says, Hi, Liz and Sarah. I love the podcast and I've especially enjoyed the episodes where you shared some of your actual pitches. I was hoping you could discuss what happens at the end of the pitch. Do you say, and that's our show, do you have any questions? How exactly do you go for the close? What if there are no questions? Do you leave any reading material for the execs you pitch to? In general, do you have pointers on how to make a graceful exit? And is the segue different if you pitch in person versus over Zoom? Great question.
0: Yes. And before we totally answer, I want to remind people that we do have two full pitches that we have performed as podcast episodes. One is for our non-show American Beauties and the (laughs) other is for our non-show Before I Die. Both of them sold in the room and we wrote pilots and they went through the whole process and we really love the show. So if you're Thinking about pitching something, definitely listen to those episodes.
1: Yes. So to answer you, Stephanie, it's funny you say this because this is something we always discuss. We're like, okay, how do we end? Are we then going to just say like the end? Or are we going to say, that's it? Ta-da! You know, one thing we do is signal that it's the end of the pitch to everyone and how it's written. So you can say like, finally, and then you have like a summary, something hopefully punchy and meaningful. And we often end with a quote. And I think we often begin and end the pitch with a quote. So if you've gotten to the end, sort of said something that sounds like a summary sentence and then have a quote or have a quote and then a summary sentence, your audience knows it's the end. And if you just stop, they'll probably go, oh, thank you so much. Now, here's a good thing. Executives' job is to have meetings and listen to pitches. So they really are the ones who will take care of the graceful exit. Yes.
0: And, and they will always have
1: questions.
0: Like, part of their purpose in the room, right, is to ask the questions that need to be asked. And honestly, even if they're like, we don't like this, we're not going to buy it. Just to be polite, they'll ask questions so you don't feel terrible. Just know that that's coming so you're ready for it. And if nobody asks questions, just it doesn't matter what your exit is. Just get the hell out there. Yes, exactly.
1: Leaving written material behind is a very polarizing topic. Some people like to leave material behind. Others are adamantly opposed to it. We don't leave material behind, especially if we're at a network. Now, here's what I'll say. If you're pitching to a studio who you're essentially trying to bring on as a partner, that might be different. We have drafts of pitches that we do. So let's say we're working with a company, let's say it's Warner Brothers. We will give Warner Brothers the actual pages of our pitch several times to read and comment on before we go pitch. But we don't then leave the pitch at ABC, for instance. Right. And I think the WGA's kind of formal position is
0: not to leave papers behind because the written word on paper or your screen is what we're supposed to get paid for. So we don't kind of leave that with people.
1: Yes. However, in this age, Sarah, where more and more people are doing pitch decks, yeah. I think they often end up leaving the pitch deck behind. The pitch deck, though,
0: seems a little different than like leaving your whole pitch, right? Like our pitch deck, for example, doesn't have all right. of the words of a pitch. True. It's yes. just images and ideas, and it's not the right. pitch.
1: Yeah. Now, good for point. some people,
0: it might be, but.
1: Yes, good um, point.
0: But we don't leave anything behind.
1: No, we haven't so far. And we don't plan to. And hopefully the strike will end, Sarah, and we'll be out there pitching our hearts out sooner rather than later. I sure hope so.
0: Oh, and then Stephanie also asked, is the seg different if you pitch Mm -hmm. in person versus over Zoom? And not really. I mean, it's funny. I think Zoom pitches actually tend to end more quickly because you're not in the room and having that little chit-chat kind of thing going on. It's just you pitch, they ask questions, they go, oh, great. And then usually the executive will sign out first, and you're
1: just like, all right, moving on, done. Now, can I throw in a little bonus hack here, Sarah, that we've talked about before, but I think is worth bringing up again, which is it can take a moment for the Zoom to end. So Uh, smile, (laughs) have a big smile on your face while you wait to be kicked out of the room. As you leave. So that that's what they're seeing, rather than your mouth open, eyes half closed, while or you're like, trying to leave. God forbid an eye roll or like, yes. well, that sucked. You know exactly. <laughs> so just when they say bye, just put a big smile on your face and uh, click leave for, as soon as for you can. That leave button <laughs> and keep the smile on until you you're in the all clear. <laughs> that would be my advice. Yes, and of course, you always want to have a nice background. Which has nothing to do with exiting, but is always a good reminder. Indeed. Okay, Liz, it's time for Hits and
0: Bombs, because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And this episode, we are very sad to have a bomb for Drew Barrymore.
1: Yes, we are both big Drew Barrymore fans. We love Drew Barrymore. She is wonderful in so many ways. But she's made the decision to start taping her talk show again. And that is not great for our strike effort. And I think it's not great for
0: both unions that are currently on strike. For the WGA, in order to go in and tape her show, she's going past the WGA striking writers who work on her show. Like, they're literally outside picketing the building as she is recording without them and without any writers at all. And that's not cool. And then I think it's also not cool because she's an actor. And she's a very high-profile actor. So the choices she makes matter. And uh, it's just not cool to every other actor who's out there who can't work and who's picketing. She should be out there on the picket line.
1: Yeah. And we want everyone to go back to work as soon as possible. And the truth is that the more things that are shooting and going on, as they usually do, the easier it is for the AMPTP to not come back to the bargaining table. In good faith. I mean, the key is coming back in good faith. In good faith, yes. We understand, I'm sure it's hard for people like Drew Barrymore. I empathize with their situation, but we do give her a bomb for making that choice.
0: And then we have a hit, Liz. We have a huge, huge, huge hit for the WGA strike captains.
1: So yes, so Sarah, the WGA is on strike and there are these people who've, volunteer to be strike captains and those are the people who disseminate information to the rest of us so if you're a strike captain you'll have however many people in your group whether that be 10 20 30 and you send out emails saying here's what's going on you're available to answer questions when you're a strike captain, I think you are out there on the picket line with a hat that says strike captain, and that sort of lets anybody know they can come up and ask you questions. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of stress. You have to go to the meetings. You have to really know what's happening and and be in the thick of it, which I do think ups the stress level because you're hearing the back and forth and and the nitty-gritty. Well, and you're not just dealing with your own stress level. You're dealing with the stress of everybody
0: in your group who's asking you about things and really searching for information and trying
1: to figure out where they stand on certain issues. So it's a lot. But it's so important because it's important to have those people we can go to. It's just sort of an important layer of organization that makes everything smoother, and so we really want to thank those people because you don't get paid for this. You are only doing it because you're a great member of the WGA and you care about writers, you care about the profession, and these people are committed. Yes. So thank you. Big hit to the strike captains. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Sarah, next up we have a space-saving Hollywood hack. But 1st this break.
0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Liz, it's time for this week's Hollywood Hack. I'm terribly excited about this one. Refrigerator
1: organizers. Okay, Sarah, this doesn't sound like the most thrilling item. It doesn't really even sound terribly Hollywood. (laughs) But you say these make a huge difference, and I love that, again, while we're on strike, you're getting your refrigerator organized. (laughs) So I guess in that sense, it's very Hollywood.
0: Yes, that's true. Yeah. So I should start by saying I don't like my refrigerator. I I had to get it in the middle of the pandemic because I didn't have a fridge and there was nothing available and I didn't know what size to get. So I was just like, take that one. So it's not the fridge shape wise or, you know, structure wise that I would like to have. So it's kind of small and uh, it's just not great. So I have been buying refrigerator organizers and organizing my fridge so things don't get stuck at the back. And so two things that I've gotten, the Eucopia rollout drawers. You can just get them on Amazon. I'm sure they have fancy ones at the Container Store, Target, wherever. And then I also got an OXO Good Grips fridge under shelf drawer, which I have to tell you is a game changer. It adds so much storage space to my refrigerator. And now when I open my refrigerator, I don't have as much frustration about finding things because I'm like, okay, this rolling drawer has all the berries. This rolling drawer has the yogurts. It's just so much easier to find things.
1: So you're essentially taking the space that isn't used and creating a drawer.
0: Sort of. I mean, it's all the space in a refrigerator is used. It's just things get lost Ah. in that back part back there. So it helps the back come to the front when you need it.
1: Gotcha. Well, I don't know, Sarah, if I have the organizational skills to take advantage of this hack, but I admire you. And I bet there are a lot of people out there who will enjoy these products.
0: Yes. And then the next step, Liz, this is, this is, going bigger is the use now bin that some people have in their refrigerators where it's like a bin that you put all the foods that are starting to go bad in. Mm. And it's like, whatever you eat, eat this next. So I'm going to start that. Yeah, it's a good idea.
1: Very smart. I have talked on the podcast there about how many vegetables go bad in my drawer because I don't know. Yes. Should I, can I use this? Can I not use this? And then it's too late. You need to use now, Ben. Yes, that would be next level for sure. Okay, Sarah, it is time for a recommendation. Every week, one of us gives a recommendation of a podcast, a book, a movie, just anything that we love. And this week I am excited to recommend the Retrievals podcast. This is a podcast about a group of women who were getting fertility treatments at the Yale Fertility Center. And one of the nurses at the center, I can say this because they say it right up front, was stealing the fentanyl for herself and replacing it with saline so that the women were not getting the proper pain medication when they went through their procedures. And it's... A fascinating story about both the women, and then it also talks about the nurse who was doing this. And it's from Emily Burton, who wrote a book called Empty, which I highly recommend. It's a memoir of her youth, but focusing around her eating disorder. And it's absolutely beautifully written. But the podcast, I know it sounds like something where you go, I couldn't even listen to that. It's too upsetting. You can listen. Or I could. And, you know, I I have a low tolerance for that sort of thing if I think it's going to be too upsetting. And I was able to listen. And it's a fascinating story about what happened, but also about the fact that women's pain is not taken seriously. Yeah. And that's a frustrating thing for all women, many women. And this talks about that as well. Yes. I mean, we've both
0: been through... A lot of the procedures that these women went through in the podcast and thinking about going through them without pain management is just unfathomable. It's awful.
1: Yes. So really fascinating, really well done, really interesting women. The Retrievals Podcast. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood.
0: Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for
1: listening and please follow us if you haven't already. Yes, and if you want retreat information, you can also get that at happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Again, it's October 20th through 22nd. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to
0: everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project.
1: Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Everything Happens with Kate Bowler. Get in touch. I'm on
0: Instagram and threads at S. Fain, and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood. Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Kraft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job.
1: And we enjoy it. (laughs) Sarah, my question about the fridge organizer is can you get everybody to follow along though? with your organizing because if they don't put the things where they're supposed to go, it all falls apart again. Yes, they do have to put things back.
0: But I'm I'm very insistent that the one is for the berries and the other is okay. for the <laughs> I think we'll okay. get there. Okay. From the Onward Project.